Hello and welcome to Dare to Create, a podcast brought to you by Ford. I'm Penny Mallory, a former British and World Rally Championship driver and a huge motorsport fan. This original podcast series will be taking a unique look at innovation in motorsport and the people helping to craft the future of racing. We'll be chatting to the teams behind one of the world's leading car brands, as well as interviewing some of the rising stars in the world of racing. This is episode five, Bring On Tomorrow. In this episode, I'll be talking to some of Ford's elite team of performance engineers about the exciting innovations that are coming from the world's most iconic car brand. Mark Rushbrook, global head of Ford Performance and Racing at Ford, and Brian Novak, Ford Performance Off-Road Racing Supervisor. They chat to me about what they're working on and what racing fans can look forward to. So let's hear from Mark about what it takes to work at the cutting edge of racing performance. So working at Ford Motor Company is a dream in many ways because I I grew up fascinated with cars, fascinated with racing. Uh, So it was just natural to come work in the auto industry. And the first 14 years at at Ford, I spent on production road road vehicle programs and um, had the, the fantastic opportunity to be the development manager for the 2005 Mustang, literally owning it bumper to bumper for the technology and all the attributes and driving experience. And when you work on something like that, um, you say, this is the best Mustang ever. It's going to be the best Mustang ever. So we've been through that cycle in in road cars, in street cars of developing all new products in total that are going to change that model or or that series um, of what we sell on the street. In motorsports for these last six and a half years that I've been here, that rate is just so much greater because you're racing every week or rallying every week and, and you've got to put the best thing that you have onto the track. So it's those tools that can give you that competitive advantage to put the best thing on the track, on the road every single week. And when you do come on to some new technology, uh, whether it's on the existing platform and you know it's going to change the game, that is when you get really excited um, to a a new level. So you don't get tired working in the industry by any means because there's always something new. And with full electric, uh, as the example, with our 1,400 horsepower demonstrators, when I rode in that Mustang Mach-E 1400 for the very first time, I knew it was going to be fast and it, the power would just pull you along uh, stronger than anything I'd experienced before. So I had high expectations. And when I got in that car, it was it far exceed that experience far exceeded what what I was expecting to such a high level that we're so excited. I, I, I grew up a, a petrol um, racer. And that experience in full electric has changed the game. I know it's the future for our road cars. I know it's the future for our motorsports. It's just a matter of how quickly can we get there and have the right racing and and product, entertaining product in front of our fans and customers. And so how many days of the year, ordinarily, COVID-19 aside, how many ordinarily would you spend at home and how many would you be traveling to events? Or do you do you not do that anymore? Uh, in the in the six months of, of COVID, I've, I've had almost no travel. But prior to that, I was typically taking two trips every week, sometimes during the week to teams and series. And 
on the weekend to races, whether it be a, a WRC weekend or Australia Supercars weekend or or NASCAR weekend, I, I typically would spend that at the track pre-COVID. So just do tell us what some of the exciting projects you're working on right now. Well, we have a lot of projects going on and the, the world is changing and the motorsports world is changing with it. Um, as we change our road cars to be hybrid and electrified with full electric powertrains, we're doing a lot of the same thing in, in motorsports. So in both NASCAR and WRC, the future there is hybrid. So we're working on for 2022, as you've seen in the in the press, uh, a hybrid WRC car that everybody will be hybrid. Uh, I think it's a great change for the sport. So we're working with our partners at M Sport, um, fantastic partners for us for a very long time, and and working with them together to develop that new car for 2022. And similarly in the in the United States with NASCAR, we've got a, a new car that's coming for 2022. So it's all new chassis, ground up. Uh, with a new body on it, and uh, they're not committed to hybrid in 2022, but in 23 or 24, they will also be hybrid. So a lot of work going on for two of our biggest series around the world to to go to all new cars, and that's really consuming a, a lot of our time, a lot of our resources right now to have the best cars that we can in both of those very important series for us. Yeah, sure. It's amazingly exciting. So the hybridness of a WRC car, is that is that a different innovation to the, to the hybrid we would currently see in a road car? Is the new stuff? Um, it, in this case, it will be physically different components, i.e. the electric motor that we use in WRC will be different than the electric motors that we have in our road cars. But the technology that goes behind it, the learning from it, the electronics, the controls, the calibration – all of that is relevant and really good opportunity for us to learn more and more about that technology in a in the extreme environments and competition of, of racing and rallying, that we can take all that information and learn, make our people smarter, improve our technical tools to then make our future hybrid road cars better as well. So is there anything game-changing coming along that we don't know about, um, but you do because you're on the inside? Is there anything we should really be looking out for that's going to change everything? Well, one of the biggest areas for us, I talked about those series that are, are going to hybrid. That is important. But full electric is uh, extremely important as a step beyond hybrid. And that's coming across a lot of different manufacturers. So it's not necessarily a surprise that that is coming, but the the rate of technical learning for those full electric cars and what we have done, because uh, we're not competing anywhere in full electric today, but we've built two demonstrators over the last 12 months with 1400 horsepower coming out of electric motors. Um, so that takes a lot of battery behind that and uh, charge coming at a, a very quick rate to those motors and controlling those. So. One vehicle is the Mustang Mach-E 1400, which actually isn't in Europe right now. It just debuted a, a few weeks ago here in the U.S. and put it on a plane, sent it to Europe, where it's going to be for the next two months for people to see and people experience. But 1400 horsepower coming out of a full electric Mustang Mach-E. It's it's got three passenger seats, so that we can we can show people what full electric performance is really capable of. 
And then the second demonstrator we built is also 1,400 horsepower, but it's in a Mustang coupe, a two-door, and it's in a drag racing format. So it will run a drag racing quarter mile in the low eight-second range, reaching about 168 miles an hour. Uh, tremendous acceleration. And we're learning so much from these uh, programs to push full electric to the extreme that we can take that learning again, transfer it to our road cars to make them even better. Because the Mustang Mach-E, as, we're, as we've developed it for the street, it's got a lot of performance as well. So that learning is feeding directly into those products as well. It's just phenomenal. 1,400 horsepower from a fully electric car. And I, I don't know, is, is there a short way of describing how on earth you do that, get that kind of power from electric engine, <laughs> electric powertrain? It, it, well, it's in the in the Mustang Mach-E 1400. We are using seven electric motors, th- three driving the front, four driving the rear. And in the Cobra Jet 1400, the drag racing version, we've got four electric motors in that, and it does only drive the rear the rear wheels in that case for the drag racing application. But it's selecting the right motors uh, to get to those power levels. But then the harder part, I think, is. Uh, having the right battery technology and the right controls to monitor those battery cells to provide the energy that's needed to those electric motors in the very short time frame, right? If you're doing a drag racing uh, a time like that of, of eight seconds, you've got to get all that power from the battery to the motors to the track very quickly. Um, and that's where the, the key learning is right now, really pushing the envelope on those electronics. When do you expect um, WRC to have a fully electric vehicle? I don't know. I I think that we're going to have a a big learning period with the hybrid, and I think that's very appropriate for what a WRC event is with the mileage that they have. And and right now, I think we're just range limited on what a full electric vehicle could do at full song, at full power, like a WRC car runs. But I think the rate at which... We're learning about the batteries and the ability to charge them quickly and, and discharge them uh, to get the power that we need. I, I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's coming. I, I think the world's going electric, so we'll see when it gets to WRC. Welcome back to Dare to Create, Episode 5. In Part 1, we heard from Mark Rushbrook about the exciting developments in Ford performance. But what about the unpredictable and challenging world of off-road racing? Brian Novak tells us how Ford Performance are translating their racing tech into everyday road car production. My role at Ford Performance is a motorsport supervisor. So uh, I essentially uh, lead uh, several teams, technical teams that we have at Ford Performance, as well as our partners that we work with on projects uh, to, uh, to successfully complete the goals of those projects. So the Bronco R, uh, the goal of that program uh, last year was to complete the Baja 1000, uh, you know, and then uh, I've also been lucky enough to work over both of our electrified demonstrator programs. So the Mustang Cobra Jet 1400 and the Mustang Mach-E 1400. Uh, and the goals of both those programs have been learning test beds for Ford Motor Company and Ford Performance. Uh, as Ford Performance, we're always looking to get into electrified motorsport and looking at all the different series in the world. And uh, at the time when we kicked off both those vehicles, it was... Um, we didn't necessarily have a series that we wanted to compete in or could compete in at the time. Uh, so we kind of started to do those cars as a, uh, as a test bed for us at Ford Performance to learn how to race a super high performance electric car, but also to 
kind of transfer that knowledge back to the mainstream. So, uh, you know, we're, we're not tied down by any rules with these cars, so we could do anything we want and any type of motor or battery configuration or chemistry uh, and learn as much as we can from that and then kind of transfer that back to the mainstream. So how do you, you know, is it axial flux versus radial flux motors? How do you uh, transfer all that amperage to those motors? Um, you know, there's just a lot of things that we can do that are that are directly related to how we do a production car. Brian, what you describe is a global effort with everyone pulling together to to bring all the aspects of the car and the performance together. And it's fascinating. But I'm, I'm quite interested in you and your background. How did you get involved in um, Ford performance in the beginning? Are you a motorsport fan? Yeah, so motorsports has been my lifelong passion. Um, so kind of instilled in me by my father, who, who was who his lifelong passion has been motorsport. Um, you know, there's pictures of me at the racetrack, you know, that that uh, quintessential picture of, you know, the three, four year old wearing your dad's helmet and gloves. Um, so I've been going racing my entire life. Uh, and so it's been a passion for me. And Ford Motor Company also happens to be my other passion as I grew up in Dearborn. Uh, my father worked at Ford Motor Company and uh, and a lot of my family was involved in Ford Motor Company on my mother's side as well. So, um, you know, both it, it's put together my two huge passions in life, which has been motorsports. And I've been uh, a race car driver for a while and attempt to go professional. And, you know, that doesn't always work out for everybody. Uh, and then uh, and then worked at Ford Motor Company for uh, for oh, well, I think it's almost 10 years now. And I started there. And I went to another company and, I, and I've come back to Ford. Uh, and finally kind of uh, navigated myself through the company to get into motorsports, which is now combining, you know, my passions in life, which was Ford and which is motorsport, you know, and, and everybody within Ford performance, that's kind of what we have. It, it's all people that care about the company and care about motorsports. And we just dedicate ourselves to it. So, um, you know, I'm super proud to be able to kind of been able to turn my passion into a career. Uh, and been able to work with so many people that are that are passionate about Ford and and racing and winning because uh, that's one of our ultimate goals. Obviously, now the demonstrators, you know, those aren't meant to go win anywhere, but certainly we're trying to put down times, especially with the Mustang Cobra Jet 1400, that are that show the real capability of electrification. And um, you know, our number one goal, uh, you know, in NASCAR is to win uh, and then transfer what we what we've learned back to the main company. So. Um, yeah, it's just that's I, I just started in motorsports when I was a kid and uh, and I worked my way into that being my career. So it, it's certainly been my passion my whole life. So what have you found? What are, what are the learnings? What are the advances in technology with electric cars that are, are, that you've you've discovered and that are transferable to, to everyday road cars? Yeah, so. You know, the transferable stuff that we find is, I mean, Ford is, we've invested $11.5 billion in, in electrification and, and bringing a lot of our fleet over to be, uh, you know, powered by electricity. So, you know, from our end, what we're learning is, you know, we're very much on the very high performance edge, but we're able to, you know, try out different battery chemistries, for example, and how efficient can you be, but how quickly can you discharge them? Um, and, and what does that take from a uh, kind of internal configuration of the battery, as well as what materials you use to transfer that electricity? Um, and, and then a key thing, a very key thing with the with electric vehicles is how do you control them? So what a, from a powertrain control standpoint um, and, and how efficient can you be? How much can you extend the range just by how you apply the power? Um, that stuff is all directly related to uh, how we do future electric vehicles. So, um, uh, you know. It's just direct, uh, direct transfer. And and how quickly do those sort of technologies and discoveries and all the tweaks and wonderful stuff you discover? How long does it take to transfer to 
an ordinary production car? Um, for some things, you can. If it's software based, you can actually apply things to a production car quite quickly. If it's if it's uh, how you control the motors or or something along those lines, that's actually fairly quick in some cases. Now, obviously, a, a production car uh, needs to go through a lot more verification uh, than uh, uh, than our motorsports vehicles do. Sometimes we do a lot of durability testing and uh, and stuff along those lines. But um, certainly, some stuff is very quick. If it's uh, say uh, you know if we're working with an exotic battery chemistry or something like that. Uh, that's obviously a longer timeline to get into a production vehicle, but um, you know there's there's direct you know controls and programming that we're able to kind of send out. So Brian, what sort of technology will um, the general public have already seen that's been a result of being tested in motorsport vehicles? So a, a lot of the things that you see are not necessarily directly like that part. Uh, you know, on that car from car A has gone on to car B. There's certainly some things from our Mustang GT4 that I've worked on that uh, that is a direct build off of a uh, a GT350. So there have been specific kind of bits and exhaust bits and that sort of thing that have actually been uh, through the ringer on our end and some solutions have made it to the production car. Some of the stuff that we do do though is um, maybe it's something you don't necessarily see, but it's the methods we use to uh, to develop those cars. So from an aerodynamic standpoint, so the as the Mustang Mach-E 1400 as an example, that was CFD, uh, so uh, computational fluid dynamics. So the methods that we use to develop that car uh, to create the downforce and the you know what's the downforce and drag trade-off on that vehicle, and, and it's the same procedures and things that we use when we do a, a NASCAR uh, oval racing car here in the U.S. So. Uh, those methods that we use, uh, like, so how quickly can you do an iteration of a, of a wing on the back of the car? So that wing's gone through multiple iterations uh, of, of how does it make downforce? What's the position of it? So how quickly can you do an iteration and, and how does that help? Um, uh, you know, that just speeds up the development process on the other, on the other end for uh, the road car. So it's something that the customer might not see directly, but it's something that we do to speed up and improve that engineering process. Because obviously in the motorsports world, we have to work um, on a tighter timeline faster than uh, you would think you have to in the road car world. And as we see the road car world, um, you have to be more efficient with your time and, and everything you're doing as everything advances technology-wise and as competition increases. So, you know, it's something the customer may not see, but the methods we use to develop the vehicle uh, are certainly transfer over and how uh, into how we do that production car. So Brian, you describe how there are there are teams all over the world by the sound of it, um, working on different components and aspects of the car. How is it all brought together? How does that actually get managed? Yeah, so it, at least for performance motorsports, we have teams working in uh, uh, in England, obviously. So we've got our WRC efforts. We've got uh, teams working in. Uh, in Detroit, we've got teams working in North Carolina, uh, which is where we have our Ford Performance Technical Center, where also we have our uh, our simulator, so uh, that we've showcased that is now being heavily utilized for on-road testing and development as well. So when I say on-road, I mean a production vehicle, not just a motorsports standpoint. So we've got all these uh, these global teams that kind of work together on on every little different bit of the car. So you know, simulation level, uh, aerodynamics, wind tunnel. Uh, all these things that kind of come back together. And it's, you know, we've got internal meetings at Ford Performance where we, uh, you know, we go through these things and, and kind of transfer that info between the groups uh, and then contacts within the mainstream of Ford Motor Company where we say, hey, we've, uh, you know, we found that using this connector here 
uh, you know, is a bit of a is a durability gain for us. And this style of you know this style of electrical connector is a durability gain, or this way of approaching aerodynamic development is able we're able to speed the process up by 10% or the calculation up by 10%. Um, you know, and we're able to kind of transfer that information between all of our different global groups and then into Ford mainstream. Uh, to be able to continue to use that info and, it, and it's just a matter of uh just really constant communication between everybody and you know it is a motorsports environment so we're to some extent 24 7 uh where we're always uh in contact uh whether it's over email or over phone and just always trying to improve the brand thank you for listening to ford's dare to create podcast we hope you've enjoyed the series i have loved it We've spoken to some extraordinary people involved in bringing together human performance and technology in motorsport. And the good news for all of us is that we'll see these innovations transferred to road cars. So we'll get to enjoy a sustainable and high-performance driving experience in the near future. Listen to Dare to Create across all major podcast platforms now.